The Will Cain Show podcast is presented by the Capital One Venture Card. Earn unlimited double miles on every purchase every day. What's in your wallet? The Ryan Rossillo Show podcast. Because of this week on, on First Take, Will Cain, my co-host again here on the Rossillo Show today, First Take's your hood, your neighborhood, and... Yeah, you came into my hood. Yeah. And I noticed the power move. I what? did. <laughs> I noticed it. You notice everything. Is he leaning back? Is he leaning in? What's his body language saying? And you went out. Is he trying to take over? Because sometimes new guys on the show will do that. Like, I'm going to show you how strong of a presence I have. You went out, no notes. No notes. Now, I'm not going to pretend like I thought that was natural. I thought that was premeditated. That was a little gamesmanship ahead of time. And it's good. It's good because it's sending the message. Let me just tell you guys something. It's not necessary. (laughs) (laughs) I was on for one segment. One take. One deal. What if I came at you with something you weren't anticipating and you got to like reference down? Oh, I was ready for you, man. Oh. <laughs> I was, there was no way, there was no way I was going to allow myself to just kind of half, you know what, it roll in and be like, dude, I'm good at this stuff. Not with you. Cause I thought maybe you were going to try to get back at me a little. Cause I, I sense it at times the control I have of the show, the pre show control. That's about to change. Yeah. <laughs> Will's already hinting at me. You know, just in the future, I could see. So I, I thought that maybe when I went out there that you were going to – but I, I would ask you this. And Hold on. And, can I just ask you this? Because yeah. we didn't do this in pre-show. Talk about the show, the control you have in our meeting and what – so not, I come in today, right? And yeah. we're going to do this and uh, tune in just in about 15 minutes. I say to you, I want to sell you on Nebraska and why Scott Frost can return that program to prominence. And you said to me, eh, are we just doing this because you put in some extra time on this? <laughs> and I <laughs> thought in my head, isn't that what we do every day with you? <laughs> Yeah, but we've already done the Nebraska thing, but I'm going to let you do it. I'm going to let oh, you do it. Let right? me do yeah. it. Oh. I know that that phrasing <laughs> itself doesn't sound good, but yeah, I think we've done a lot on Nebraska recently. It is still somewhat newsworthy. So I, yeah, I was challenging you a bit as your partner today to be like, is, are we doing anything new though? Or are you just going to tell me because they want a bunch of titles that it's a great job? So we'll, we'll do that a little bit later. Is that okay? Yeah. All right, guys, I got this thing I've been working on. I'm just, hear me out. I got this thing yeah. I've been thinking about. I want to lay it out for you. I hear that three times a week. And I never who you from me. I love it. You got a theory you've been incubating. You've had in the microwave. You've been working on it. I've got one. Let me sell you. I think you already tried to do that exact thing, and that's why I was. Did I say no? I didn't say no to it. All right, we're off um, and running. All right, we're, we are. We're ready to go here. I want to ask you about first take maybe a little bit later. Okay, Lamar Jackson. We're gonna have him on the show. What's up? You think you can actually win this Heisman again? I mean, it doesn't really seem like anybody can beat Baker Mayfield, but Lamar's always a pretty good guest. We've talked to him in the past. So to do that, it's time for Straight Talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. Best phones, best networks, no contracts. I cannot believe what we're about to see, and I kind of hope we see it, even though it makes me it makes me have to do something I don't necessarily want to do, and that's ever root against the Wisconsin Badgers. Um, I am not as convinced as I was before that Ohio State, if they were to face Wisconsin in the Big Ten Championship game, which is exactly what's going to happen, that Ohio State's just going to roll over them, even though Wisconsin, you know, we could look at the resume and all these different things, but Wisconsin's defense is better than I thought. The red zone numbers are pretty good, um, and it's just hard. It's just hard to go undefeated. So when I look at Wisconsin – I'm not convinced Ohio State's just going to roll them and maybe the way I was a couple couple weeks ago. Because when I watch Ohio State, a lot of times it's like, you guys smash. You look awesome against bad teams. But when it's a good team, other than JT Barrett's great play against Penn State, like JT's all over the place. So if Ohio State beats Wisconsin, we will have, for a stretch, the uncertainty of not knowing who the fourth team in the playoff is, and that's if everything goes according to plan with the SEC. That puts Bama 
and the Alabama fan base, excuse me, Alabama fan base and the Ohio State fan base looking at each other in some medieval battle, just looking across this valley going, all right, like we know why we're here. We're going to have to fight. And as I said yesterday, I kind of can't wait because it's two of the most, and this is rightfully so, entitled college football fan bases that are going to have this massive social media argument push about their side, and the side will only be based on who you're rooting for, while the rest of us will be watching from the side, being like, who do you want to root for? Because both of these fan bases have probably annoyed the hell out of you, depending on who you've rooted for in the last or rooted for in the last few years. Yeah. I don't I don't know who I will root for. Like my only hesitation is the concept of rooting for them. It'll be hard just not to go, yeah, you know what? Alabama deserves it. As you lay it out... So that's not you rooting for it. That's not me rooting for it. I don't have any particular affinity for Alabama over Ohio State. But I think the debate, and that's what it'll be, a week-long, knockdown, drag-out debate between two heavyweights. You think Ohio State will show up to that with no notes? Uh, they'll, their Power notes are going to be... This is what you're going to hear. The Ohio State argument would be, best conference. Like, Is it clear-cut? The Big Ten, the Big Ten, well, you're going to say it. Most talented team. All right. Okay. Well, what does that mean? All right. Big Ten, Conference Champ. Conference Champ matters. Hey, Saban said years ago, Conference Champ matters. So that means some. that last year, right? Yeah, I think he said it last year. I mean, these guys, they're going to say whatever they have to say. Is it last year? Is the meme from last year? Because I know that memes generally aren't the greatest places to go for history. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Like Ben Franklin throwing a frisbee. Well, it like, is Lane Kiffin tweeting out this meme. Yeah. So, so okay, exactly. So it's correct. I'm not 100 percent sure on that, but then you had Urban Meyer say the exact same thing, and then last year they didn't win their champion. So I don't know how you get past the two losses for one team. The Big Ten championship, if Ohio State wins it, to me would not trump a two loss debate. Do you value wins more or losses more? That's the entire debate because Ohio State has more impressive wins than Alabama does. But Ohio State has worse losses than Alabama does. So which influences you more? I tend to lean towards the worst losses influences me more. And I think your point yesterday you made on this show is actually very, very persuasive. I don't think Alabama would go to Iowa and get whooped. I don't think that would happen. I don't think they'd give up 55 to Iowa. I mean, I get it. Who's Alabama beaten? And the answer is LSU and Mississippi State. Yeah, and I still... And that's it. I think it's unfair to say that Florida State's this worthless team when you're playing in week one and they still have their quarterback. Well, they get... I mean, if, if there's such thing as getting credit for scheduling them, they get that. But Florida State didn't turn out to be that formidable of an opponent. Okay, but do you and think Florida State... And I understand week State, one different, is yeah, different than week 10. It's like the Chiefs. So would you rather play the Chiefs now or the Chiefs in September in the NFL? Right. It's two completely different teams. So... And for all the anti, well, Alabama's not the strong, they're not the same team. If they weren't that strong, they probably would have slipped up before going 11-0. and I think with the one loss, and if this were reversed, if Bama was about, if they had an awful Iowa loss, and I thought Ohio State was still pretty good, I'm just not sure that I think even Ohio State's that much better. I mean, this is actually pretty simple for me. I just think Alabama's the better football team. I just do. I don't know that anybody's going to come up with any statistic that says, okay, now I'm going to change my mind. And if it were the other way around, and I just felt like Ohio State was the better football team, I'd argue for Ohio State. So this battle of the titans, this looking across the valley and suggesting we're going to have to fight. If this happens, because it's going to be awesome. That's my whole point. But it's probably going to be a slaughter, don't you think? Alabama will win this debate running away. Okay, so by the way, um, 
Nick Saban never said that you need to win your conference to make the playoffs. So that meme was incorrect? Believe it or not, Lane Kiffin tweeted out an incorrect meme. Dang. Rat poison. Can you imagine somebody on the playoff committee going, oh, man, I really like Alabama. Wait a minute. Hold on. There's a meme out there. Yep, Saban. Saban said you got to win your conference championship. It says it right here on the meme. Hypocrite. 108 retweets. Ohio State's in. Can I imagine that real quick? Yes. <laughs> you then, asked the question. And then Barry Alvarez and you... would like turn to one of the other coaches and be like, what are we doing with this person on the committee? Wait, who, let who me did, just ask you a question. Okay? Who does he know? And you can choose to... Based on our pre-show meeting, yeah, some of the conversations we had, yeah. Do you believe a meme could influence people in that room? I absolutely do. There you go. But you would hope there'd be somebody else, like our staff, when we just threw out what the meme may or may not have been, would look it up and go, "Hey, that meme's not true." Like it's like the Tebow memes. Hypocrites. Look at Tebow kneeling. Sometimes and you go, "Wait a minute, what?" Sometimes people don't listen to you. I would hope the 13 people in there. Yeah. You, you want to believe that the whole thing's going to turn on this meme? I want to fill you in just blanks, fell for I'm it. trying not to because it's not my story to tell. The Ryan Rossillo Show. Rossillo. I'll know. never forget. I don't know if I'm ready. I'm not yeah, sure I'm ready for I'm, this. I know I'm not ready. And lists are dangerous. Well, we're still making notes. Probably should have sent this assignment out. This should have been homework for last night. So you sit at home, check your work, get up the next day. Whenever you have to write something, you should always write it. Never hit send if it's important. It's really important. There's not a time limit on this deal. And then wake up and read it. And it is amazing how much better you will feel about the changes you make the next day. It never fails. You go, oh, you know what? Not as emotional. Mm -hmm. Not as serious. Ooh, I don't like that sentence now that I've had a few hours to think about it. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's what we should have done with this college football EPL assignment. Will Kane, the Rosilla Show, brought to you by Upside.com, giving all business travelers the gift of a better travel experience this holiday season. Upside.com. Can't emphasize how good these guys are enough. Uh, and that's not college football, upside.com. So the process here is what? We're trying to figure out the criteria for our top 20 teams in college football. Not in 2017, okay? Not who you are this year. So UCF, I'm going to break it to you now. You're not going to make it. Mm. <laughs> you love Scott Frost and the whole, the whole just, thing. Just speak for yourself for a little bit. Okay, right. There's two different people here, two different lists. Unfortunately, do we have two different sets of a criteria here? Let's talk through the criteria for a minute. Excellent. Um, Excellent. So, as you stated earlier, it's too easy to just go, okay, who are the top 20 teams last year? That's who our Premier League teams are. Yeah, we're going to relegate or we're going to promote based upon 2016's results. Yeah, not Rosillo's show. We are doing something different. But we're each going to define it on our own. <laughs> That's what I'm afraid of, is that it's going to be one of those things where I go, how do you not see this? Because I'm only looking it through my lens, the definition that I've come up with, where I go, no, I just don't see that team that way, and you're going to see a team different way. So I've been debating this pre-show yeah. with Mike A., with Saruti, with people in the hallway. Bubba wanted nothing to do with it. Bubba's not in on it. He's the only one that's not in on this. But I think we've all agreed to some extent these are the factors playing in. We can weight them how we want, but the factors playing in are this. Sort of a three- to five-year rolling average of where you've been. Recent history, last year should count more than 10 years ago, than five years ago. Prestige, Srudi's real big on prestige. We're going to have to have a little bit of talk about this. Prestige worldwide. Prestige. And I think that's it. I think that's our three main factors we're weighing to various levels. Well, I don't know that 
the recent history means more than 10 years ago. Oh, I feel strongly about this one. Worst okay, so what if a team played in a national championship less than 10 years ago, but it was over five years ago, okay? So you're looking at the window of 2007 to 2012. A team played for a national championship, but it's 6-6 six and six this year. I think like, you're going to have problems today. So you would weight the 6-6 six and six heavier? Mm-hmm. Yes, I would. Oh, man, we're going to have two. We're going to have two. Well, here's the thing. As now I feel like we're going to have two different lists, but... Is that a problem? Is Are we really going to have more than five teams that are different? Because I got to about 13, 14, 15 where I go, I don't know how you leave any of these teams out. I, don't, I wonder how many different teams are going to have. Well, here. let's do this. Let's, let's go ahead and lay down who we have that we're pretty sure are going to be the same. Who's for sure in the Premier what League? What do we tease this over a few more minutes? Triple H, say ESPN, 888-729-3776. I'm going to name a few that I think we're going to, there's going to be no disagreement on. I want to hear from just one person, though, on what they think the criteria should be. Because you started dropping these these timeline windows that I didn't even define that well. Oh, that's my criteria. I think if you played in a national championship within the last 10 years and it wasn't a fluke, and here's the other thing is it's not really, I've gone through it. We've talked about it before on the show. Last 30-plus years, the last weird national champion that you had was Colorado mm-hmm. or Georgia Tech. Mm-hmm. And that was a completely different system than we BYU had. BYU in the 80s. Yeah, Trevor Maddich, shout out. And let me just say, the premise of this is, what if college football adopted an English Premier League-style promotion and relegation system? What would happen if every year teams 17, 18, 19, 20, or 18, 19, 20 were relegated down to a lower division and those from 20 to 40 got to move up? We ha- we then said, well, who would be in the initial Premier League rankings? Who would be rankings? 20 right now? Yeah. Who, would be, who would be the inaugural top 20 in the Premier League? All right. I what? think this means that we have two different lists. No. Why? I think you're going to wait 2017 way too strong if you're going just based on relegation as of right now. All right, let's do this. Okay. We've got so, four teams we've agreed on that I think are unimpeachable. Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, and Oklahoma are in the Premier League. Okay. Auburn? In. LSU? Yeah, in. I mean, you've played for... Two national titles, one one ten years ago, eleven years ago. Uh, Georgia, in, but barely. Michigan, in. Now you could make an argument. Well, how much recent success is there really? Uh, you know, look, try to do this on your own because if you, I'm telling you, I kind of ran out of teams. I thought I wasn't going to have enough slots. I ended up having a hard time filling the last few. Uh, Florida State, in. USC. Stanford. In. Washington. I put them in. I did too. Now. They belong in, man. They do. And I've averaged out the last 10, 5, and 3 years of where you are when you've been ranked and this kind of stuff. And, and that, that helped me a little bit more with this. But if you go down to Washington, uh, they have been, over the course of this stretch, you know, their average rankings have been. A little higher than you would think. But, yeah, I put Washington in there, but they were one of my very last teams. Okay, things are about to start getting hairier. Okay. TCU. I have them in. They have to be in. I actually think that one's not debatable. No, I, I didn't. That wasn't later on my list. Okay. Your, your, They're actually in my top ten. I ranked them. Yours, you did? <laughs> yeah. All right, the standard. Wisconsin, it's taking too long to even mention them. You have in. to have Wisconsin in. in. Okay, Absolutely. Wisconsin's in. Notre Dame. In. Now, you're going to hear people say, you're going to be kidding me. You realize that four of the last six years, Notre Dame has been ranked at one point in the top five. Can rankings get a little weird? And can you play, you know, 
But when you're in the top five of the AP for the last six seasons at some point and play for a national title, and I know they got destroyed, but for me, playing in a national championship game is a really good indicator of kind of who you've been this whole time. So Notre Dame, both of us have them in. Michigan State. In. Yes. Look at this. It's not so contentious. They've been to the college football playoffs. Michigan State, I what I did is I looked at every year from 2017 to 2014 to see where you were in the top 20 rankings. And if you were in, like with three check marks or two check marks multiple times, you had serious weight in my estimation. Michigan, Michigan, Michigan State's ranking a 10-year average. So the last 10 years of the AP poll, their average is right at 10, ranked 10th in the country. Okay, so, let me give you one very similar to Michigan State, whose resume is only slightly less, Oklahoma State. I have Oklahoma State in. Me too. Consistently. Imagine turning this on right now and thinking we're talking about the playoff. <laughs> so, okay, how, how deep are we? One, two, three to go, and we have 17 that we agree on? I can't believe that. All right, tweet the show, 100flowers.com, Twitter feed, at Rosillo Show. What Will Kane and I are trying to do here is come up with the, what would be the top tier if this were European soccer of college football. Rudy, I thought this was going to be much worse. You built so this I. as though let's, he and I were going to hate let's each other. Get to the end of the list. Okay. Bring in the holiday season with bouquets for your friends and loved ones from 100flowers.com. When you order a dozen assorted roses for $29.99, you get an extra bouquet for free to order. Go to 100flowers.com slash ESPN. All right, so you counted them all up? Yeah, three to go. Three to go. Okay, One is, more that I think we might find agreement on. Go ahead, throw it Penn out Penn State. I went into it thinking I wouldn't put Penn State down, and you kind of have to. Yes, and you I came up with the arguments of why I wouldn't put Penn State in, and then I go, you got to put them in. So Penn State is in. We're down to two. I can't believe this. I thought this was going to be way worse. Well, right. I think everybody knows where I'm going here, at least behind the glass, and they know what's about to happen. So what do you want to do first? Do you want me to suggest my first, or do you want to show me yours? I want to do my first. <laughs> okay, go ahead. South Florida. Wait a minute. USF? USF. Two years in a row, top 20 program. Two years in a row. Are you doing this to mess with me? I'm not. So you're suggesting USF before Texas. Let me tell you something, man. You're going to try to turn me against my own fan base, my own people. Yep. But Texas does not deserve it. Only way Texas gets into this Premier League is if we value prestige and prestige only. There's been nothing that has occurred over the last four to five years that Texas has earned its place into this. I love the Texas Longhorns, but I love earning it. The whole point of promotion and relegation is you've got to be able to earn your way into playing with the big boys. USF has earned their way in. Now, I was told off the air that you were saying UCF. I believe that we're at 19th. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you know what? Like, I'll First even. Of all, what are you guys doing prepping him? What I are you was doing? Told, I was told uh, we were doing the top twenty teams. This, I, are we at tier two let now? Let me tell you something. All right, I don't know if you know this, but in about a month, it's going to be Rosillo and Kane, and you can't be giving him. You can't be seeding the ground for him ahead of time. It was Cerruti, wasn't it? No, no, it wasn't. And, and this is not okay. You know what? Like, I can't even. I don't even want to tackle USF right now. You want to get to my other one? Let's you're, get to my other you're one. You're putting UCF in this? Hold on, I have a question for you. Is this next year's Premier League or this year's Premier League? See, this is where your soccer <laughs> thing is. So that means no Oregon. Hold on, just let me give that you my 20. That means no Texas. That means no Boise State. 
that you're suggesting South Florida and UCF would be teams well, 19 and 20. You, you can't you let me give you my list, not you give it to me. Is it next year or this year? Because UCF, I'll just give it to you this way. If it's next year that we start the Premier League, UCF is in. Undefeated, 15th ranked team. If it's this year's, then it's Western Michigan. Western Michigan is in instead of UCF. You see what I'm saying here? You follow me? Yeah, but I, I think the difference is, is that when you're doing the soccer analogy here, it's all of these teams essentially playing each other and then kind of being separated, where I don't feel like UCF is playing the same teams that would then get them into that Premier League. UCF won zero games. They went 0-12 two years ago. 0-12. And you're actually putting them ahead of an Oregon who's played for two national titles despite being – and Oregon would probably be a better team. Look, forget probably – if Oregon doesn't lose their quarterback this year, no, they're a better and, team. Ifs and buts and well, look, I'm, candies and nuts. You have UCF who went 0-12 in 2015 over an Oregon team that's played for two national titles in less than a decade. And I didn't think I'd put Oregon in when I started this project, but they would be my last team with Texas. So our two points of debate are, oh, you took Texas? I did. I put him in over Boise State. So it's Oregon and Texas on your side of the ledger, and I have South Florida... And let's call it UCF instead of Western Michigan because the timing issue here. Here's my argument to you in reverse. You can never win if you're UCF. You can never win this debate. You won't let them play for the college football playoffs because you say they don't play anybody and you got a decent don't. argument. That's right. But now you're not even letting them play in the Premier League and compete against the big boys because you're saying you don't compete against the big boys. Hold on. I know you want to get in here. It's a catch-22. At some point, the whole point of a relegation and promotion system is to let teams that earn their way in get in. I didn't put UCF at 5. I put them at 1920, and they should be allowed to compete with these prestige programs next year in the Premier League. And if they can't hang, they will be relegated. That's the whole point. Trading on your brand name in a relegation promotion system is worthless. There's right, no point like, in having it. Does Nottingham play Dublin South? I don't know what you mean. <laughs> Tottenham? Like, could you? Would you move them up to the top tier? So, yeah, if you want to tell me it's rigged against the teams that don't play anybody, then yeah. Yes. Yes is my answer. You can't put UCF in there. You can't. If UCF had been ranked in the top 25 five or six years in a row, fine. But just because they're having a nice year this year does not erase the fact they went 0-12. Well, You're putting them you in over an Oregon team that's let, played let for two national titles just because they've moved on from Helfrich in between Kelly and Let me Tiger. ask you a question. If we'd done this show a year ago, yeah. all right, and we had created this Premier League then, would UCF be in it in your top 20 this year? Would they have earned their way in? No. So how do they ever get promoted? Be a lot better. Than, than what they've been the last few years. I mean, six so and seven last year. It's always 12. a prestige and rolling thing. Uh, look, I mean, we're kind of doing the same thing here. I just can't believe you put an zero and twelve UCF from two years ago into your top twenty in the Premier League over some of these others. And yeah, Texas, if it's a little bit more undefeated this year and earned their way, they got promoted. See, this is the soccer rule thing where now we've bored the hell out of everybody. I so, don't think so. Yeah, <laughs> the Ryan Rosillo Show. Rosillo. In life, there are talkers and there are doers. Sometimes it's not hard to tell the difference. Mike Bloomberg has spent his life getting big things done. Starting his business out of a one-room office, Mike built a company with 20,000 employees, all with good pay and quality health care. 
elected mayor in the aftermath of 9-11, Mike got to work helping rebuild a shaken city, creating nearly 500,000 new jobs and expanding health care for nearly 700,000 New Yorkers. Now, there's a clear choice. Do you want a debater or a doer? Someone who can fix health care, who's done it. A guy who's unafraid of tough challenges, who has a track record creating jobs, who's taken on the NRA and won. That's Mike Bloomberg, a proven leader who can unite our country and get big things done. That's who can beat Trump. That's who we need in the White House. I'm Mike Bloomberg, candidate for president, and I approve this message. Paid for by Mike Bloomberg 2020. Geico presents Left Brain versus Right Brain. After much deliberation, I've decided we should switch to Geico. Hey, sounds good to me. We could save hundreds of dollars on our car insurance. Which, now I'm just blue sky in here, we can reinvest those funds into my business idea. Oh, not this again. First, get some investors on board, right? Nobody is going to invest in dental floss made of turkey jerky. Okay, well, not with that attitude. Wow. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. We get to the curious case of Joe Flacco. Like that. We have Will Kane today, we're still a show ESPN Radio. Just to wrap a bow on on the exercise that we just tried to go through. I think for the most part we got it, but then at the end, I think you started getting into the kind of the relegation rules a little bit more specifically than I was, and that's why you had UCF and USF in your premier, your top program. Uh, you never thought of Miami. Like, why would you put UCF in over Miami? Yes, Saruti did point out during the commercial break that my logic does not hold. If I'm giving UCF credit for recent histories, I have to give Miami credit for recent history as well. Good I was point. doing more of a five, ten year thing, I think, and and going over the last five to ten years, unless you were just a disaster. Maybe that's the anti-Texas thing, but I guess there's a part of me, too, that goes Texas is still a top five job in the country. It so, is. So am I going to put them outside of this? Because I ran out of teams. Boise State was close. I put them down, then I crossed them off. A lot of people, a lot of Florida fans mad at us right now. I got to tell you, Florida, I mean, you've been an absolute disaster on offense here for like three straight years. Not just bad. Like no one's ever, people are going to look back at the offensive rankings of this stretch between Muschamp and McElwain and go, how did the Gators, how are they that bad on offense? And they were, they have been. I'm not saying Florida isn't a top 10 job or something like that, but recent history and the last time you are playing for national championships, I mean, that's like a decade ago. I think those teams that are about to be promoted would be Miami. I, I don't, Florida is not. Well, how do you not have Nebraska, Mr. Cornhusker? See, here's the thing. I think both you and Saruti valued prestige and history much more than I did when I think the entire reason you have a relegation and promotion system is that teams that don't get the abstract, subjective respect can earn their way in. So I'm giving USF and UCF credit for, yeah, they're never going to talk their way into the playoff system, but you got to at least let them earn their way into the big leagues. But see, that's why I would put a Boise State in then over... Well, you just factored longer history in than I did. Like, Boise State's not in yeah, the contention you got, you this year. you way into the 2017 relegation, so that's where we ended up. We were doing the same thing there, and at the end we were doing something different, Right. Well, so you're you're interested in giving a tier two team respect. It's just Boise State because it lasted longer. Yeah, the UCF thing is one year, man. Yeah, I know. It's, I know. USF has been ranked what? Two years in a row. Two years in a row. I think UCF's been ranked three times ever, ever. Undefeated. Top Undefeated 15. this year. Yep. Never lost. 
<laughs> Subscribe right now to 30 for 30 Podcast, the Listen tab of the ESPN app, or Apple Podcasts. Brought to you by Blue Apron. Get $30 off your first meal with free shipping by going to blueapron.com slash 30 for 30. What is up with Joe Flacco? Now, they won last night. Yay. But <laughs> <laughs> they're... Like, we had mentioned this about a month ago. Like, is anybody paying attention to how terrible his stats are? Because they are terrible. And then when you start really factoring in who he's been, all right, he's 32 years old now, completion percentage, whatever. I mean, I can do all this stuff, but his QBR is 33. That's worse than when he was an incredibly overrated quarterback because his defense was winning him all these playoff games when his career first started. But that stretch that he had, that they put up on the graphic last night in the Monday night, or the four games that he had in the playoffs, I don't know, I don't know who that was. I, like we joked about it being Ronald Donald from Camp I Me Love just paying girls to date him for a month and being the most popular dude in high school when that's not who that guy was. He was still a nerd. Nerd. But I don't like the Flacco high end, low end may be one of the most confusing things we've seen in NFL history. Cap hit 2018, $24.7 million. 2019, $26.5 million. The Joe Flacco commitment in Baltimore is not going away anytime soon. If they had a do-over, they'd take it. They'd hit that reset button, right? So you think they'd bounce from him? Because that contract, and when people say, oh, you know, he bet on himself, yeah, he made a little bit more money, but he was still going to get the going rate of the 20-plus million dollars a year when he redid his deal. Do you still believe that he is a franchise quarterback? I never really liked him that much before. And then he did what he did, and then he wins the Super Bowl. And Scott and I are sitting here, and he loved him. He was Mr. Flacco, and he's like, see, what do you think? I go, ah, I guess I was wrong. And then deep down, I never thought I was wrong. <laughs> 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 I just couldn't believe it. I think, what was I supposed to do? He was perfect for a month or the, the playoff games. And I'm like, wait a minute, I didn't. Because in the beginning, man, they'd be like, oh, look at his playoff record. Look at, he, he wasn't very good. The defense was sick. What was the last thing you were super wrong on? Uh, Kentucky basketball. There was that one stretch. Um, I'm probably, I don't know. I'm not sure. Like, if the Sixers are 500, does that mean I'm wrong? See, I can tell deep down you won't think you're wrong. No, I'll, I'll be wrong. The Sixers are better. The Sixers right now are much better than I thought they would be. But I do wonder if there's a wall in some of these things. I was mad. Uh, I was wrong about the Dallas Mavericks year. They won the NBA title. Um, let me see. He's scattering uh, examples out over a decade. I remember picking Oregon <laughs> against Ohio State and being on the field before the game kicked off and wanting to change my picks so bad because I go, this, this Buckeyes team is enormous. Um, but I was wrong about that. Uh, I was wrong about Auburn. A couple, like when they played the national title against Florida State, I couldn't believe it. I thought they got lucky but against But you'd Georgia. say it's generally on two hands. Uh, doing this for <laughs> 15 years or, you know, yeah, you know how I'm wrong all the time. Like you can't, like you. But deep down, not really. I can give you a reasoning for why I was. Wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when the Kentucky thing, and I was like, you can have that team, and they win buzzer beater game after buzzer beater throughout the tournament, and then I'm going, well, Calipari, like, he didn't like his own team. I was supposed to like him. So anyway, are we going to answer the Flacco question, or is this more interesting? Yeah, what's no, the no, most no. wrong you've ever been? Oh, I'm a volume shooter, man. <laughs> like I know, Juan Walker. <laughs> <laughs> As long as a few go in. What's the first take thing you've had to own the most? Well, Dak versus Carson Wentz, is it going well right now? <laughs> Not right now, but you know you still have. There's 
But deep down, I don't think I'm wrong. Yeah, there's some. There's like a rope still that you can grab onto. Right. That's a long term take. Yeah. We let those takes mature. That's a I don't know. Let me get K. back to my desk and look at my list. Okay. <laughs> I keep I keep track. But yes, do you think the Ravens think they're wrong about Joe Flacco giving that contract coming out of that, that year? They're locked in for another two years after this season at twenty plus million dollars in cap hit. He is financially their franchise quarterback on the field. I think they could find several options of better. You think they have options that they can go to? I think that within the next year, Alex Smith is going to be available for any team that wants to put themselves over the hump. That could be the Denver Broncos. It could be the Baltimore Ravens if they actually had room and weren't committing so many dollars to Joe Flacco. So the point is, yeah, I think there's quality quarterbacks who are better than Joe Flacco that will be available. Alex Smith, namely. But they won't be able to pursue it because they've got all this money committed to Joe Flacco. Yeah, I, I have a hard time believing as bad as it's been. And he was pretty bad the year after they won the Super Bowl. And then he'd had a good 2014, and now it's regressing. It's three straight years, and now it's just terrible. Uh, you would take Flacco over Alex Smith today? Is that what you're about to say? No, what I'm going to oh. say is that the Ravens next year, your starter week one, 2018, is going to be Joe Flacco. Agreed. Yeah. Because they, it has to be. Yeah. I don't mm-hmm. know what you can do. The Ryan Rosillo Show. Rosillo. So... Yesterday, we spent the entire day basically telling Tennessee fans, you just didn't want Greg Schiano. They didn't, they didn't take kindly to that. Uh, no, no, that's that's not the case. So, you know what? Look, you, you got beat up a little bit yesterday by the national media, by all the big boys, and today we've already sort of moved on because we're just doing, hey, what's up with Van Gundy? Because Jeff Van Gundy's not going to coach there. You're not getting him. Mike Gundy is the guy. That's what it's looking like, man. All right. It's looking like that's the guy that I had heard was in play before, but now is this new news? Is this new news that they're talking and that they're talking today, or is it new news that they had already talked? No, that he's headed to Knoxville to meet face-to-face with Tennessee today. So that must mean, I wonder what kind of raise he gets from what the offer would have been before the Shiano debacle compared to the offer that he'll get post-Shiano debacle. Oh, that's interesting. There's got to be a bump there. Hey, is it worth pointing out that for both of us, Oklahoma State was our English Premier League top 20 programs and Tennessee is not now it's Tennessee there's more prestige than Oklahoma State it's Tennessee they've got title title but it's Oklahoma State's just been a better program the last it's been 10 a lot years. better and you can say okay that's because of Mike Gundy now he goes to Tennessee and he can make that happen at Tennessee but I'm just I don't think it is a laydown that it's a trade-up for Mike Gundy Tennessee is the better program historically Oklahoma State's his alma mater. He's been there 18 years. He's been head coach for 13 years. I don't know. Maybe you can't win a title at Oklahoma State. Maybe you'll ne- because you'll never win a debate. In order to win a title, you almost always have to win a debate at some point. Maybe you never do at Oklahoma State. I would see him being happy at Oklahoma State because he can go six six back 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 years. And like no one's ever going to freak out about it. Oh, he could be at Oklahoma State for a long for time. For a long time. Okay. He's one of them. That's the that's rule number one about Fight Club, right? It's not, you know, when it comes to college football, what's rule number one? Be one of us. I remember and Monty Toomer, who's listened to the show from time to time, like he was up here working with us for a bit, and it was back when they had Rich Rodriguez and they were going through the whole thing and all the Michigan people hated him. And I go, Would you rather go ten and two with like an outsider or seven and five with a Michigan man? He goes, seven and five. And then he saw me like two weeks later, was like, You jerk. I go, well, dude, you said it. And I go, I repeated it because it sounded insane to me. So, all right, Gundy, 
one of them in Stillwater. Okay, right. It's all worked out. He apparently has this dude festival ranch out there. That's just he's finally finished this compound. Uh, but it does seem odd that maybe he feels like this is the best I can do. It's not ever going to get any better. I've I've tried my best. Like maybe if I get into Tennessee, it's a little bit better. Uh, maybe he looks at it as more prestigious. But Oklahoma State's been the better of the two here, and. I never know what to believe. I never know if I truly believe that he is anti the establishment in Oklahoma State and wants to move on or if this is just a play to get the thing to bump up. But the fact that you're saying now they're going to meet face-to-face, that's the most recent report? That's from ESPN's Chris Lowe. Okay. Well, that's that makes it real. How about this for not being real? Because I can't believe it is real. The Rock that was painted this weekend once the Shiano hiring was announced that it said on The Rock, Greg Shiano helped cover up child rape. Well, they've changed that rock a bunch of different times now. And I believe late last night or early this morning, you woke up to bring Lane home. Lane Kiffin. Lane Kiffin. Bring Lane home. If you would think about his exit from this campus. (laughs) Okay. There's so many things that are funny about that if you think about it. When bring him home. When they needed a police escort to get the hell out of that town as he left them for USC. That at some point within the next decade, they would be painting Bring Lane Home. Like, no way. I Give me something else that's less likely than that in sports, and I can't come up with an answer. If Tennessee, let's say that Mike Gundy doesn't work out, just for a moment. If Tennessee brings Lane home, that will be the most... Active 48 hours of beclowning yourself from a fan base in the history of college football. In that time frame, you've used loose accusations of association with child rape to run off a coach that you didn't want to have. And then asked Lane Kiffin, who's treated you as their side piece, to move back into the house. And the side piece is pumped. Please come back. Bring Lane home. And at this point, admit it, Tennessee Students, and I get it. Like when you're a kid, you want to just be involved. You're not even sure what the cause is, but you guys, you guys got hats. I'm in. <laughs> and with this rock, you're just trying to figure out new stuff to paint on it. I mean that that's it. That's the that's the only thing you're doing here, right? It's not because that rock that's embarrassing. But whoever painted it just went, okay, it's my turn. All right, we're gonna start over with white canvas. Tennessee Vol Orange, bring Lane home. Apparently, uh, an update to the story that Will Kane just told you about here on the Rosillo Show. Tennessee AD John Curry and Gundy met for several hours earlier Tuesday in Dallas. Okay, so they met face-to-face in Dallas. Tennessee officials aren't sure if Gundy will make a decision quickly or wait a day to decide his coaching future. Sources told ESPN that Tennessee is prepared to make Gundy one of the highest-paid coaches in the SEC if he takes a job. Hall of Famer Peyton Manning, who played at Tennessee, talked with Gundy by phone last week to pitch him the job. So we knew that they'd already talked, but now that they've gotten a plane to go fly to him, and if you're Gundy, you can name your price. Absolutely. David Cutcliffe took his name out of running just in the past 24 hours. Duke coach, Tennessee guy, right? Took his name out of the running. Mike Gundy has all the leverage. Where's the leverage? With Mike Gundy. What will be his price? What if you cross off on this rock the lane part and just put bring Gundy home? Don't you have to be from there 
Don't you have to be there more than a year for so? Bring Lane home. You know where his home is? Manhattan Beach. <laughs> Although I think he sold his house to Vince Vaughn. So he probably doesn't have that house anymore. Man, you do have to have. I mean, you went from the moral high horse to no self-respect. In- okay, what what if you what if you brought Lane home? Like say Gundy says no. What Gundy goes, "Hey, I used you. I used you for cash. You guys gave me a sick offer. I got some more guaranteed money here, but we're putting in a waterfall on the compound here in Oklahoma." What if Tennessee brought Lane home and the Bryles kid is on the staff? Would they be painting the rock? Going, we can't have Baylor on this campus? What do you think? It would say party time, lane train. <laughs> That's what the rock would say. Hey, right here, Mike Gunny makes four point two million a year at Oklahoma State. There's, there's, I've seen numbers out there saying it could be doubled in Tennessee. Doubled? Come on, dude. You're going to pay eight. I'm looking point. at it right now. I'm not, I'm, I'm just saying, I'm not saying, I'm just saying. These college football <laughs> coaching contracts, and I'm not knocking them for the hustle of what their business is, but they are, they are not contracts. They are scheduled payments until further notice. Did you see the buyouts for a lot of these guys in the past week? All these guys that have been fired, how much they're getting? That's walking away money? Yeah, like people go, okay, now all the money is involved. The pressure has been cranked up. Revenue's up. Revenue's up. Okay, salaries are up. Arms race, but way more pressure. And the coaches are going, yeah, way more pressure. I make way more money now, and I get fired. I get to keep it all. Like, and how, how much quicker are you being fired now? Four years instead of five? It's not like... And you're walking away with $10 million. Yeah, in 2005, guys didn't just could lose for five years in a row because the salaries weren't what they are now. They're still getting fired. Yeah. The Ryan Rossillo Show. Nobody's gonna stop me. No, nothing is beyond me. I'm coming at you faster. No stopping what matters. Now that Human Resources VP Meg Ward has Kronos for HR, payroll, talent, and time, she's totally owning it at work. She even has her own hype song. I'm gonna blow it up now. My workforce is really diverse. You know, different hours, different skill sets, different pay grades. We're motivating and engaging the right people every step of the way. Kronos, hey, HR solutions for the modern workforce. Learn more at Kronos.com slash HR Swagger. Okay, we have big breaking news in the NFL. This is uh, not a joke, not a drill. Up on the New York Giants page, here with Will Kane, the Russell Show on ESPN Radio, uh, reports that Geno Smith is going to start at quarterback on Sunday, so therefore Eli Manning benched after 200-plus consecutive starts, 210 regular season games that Manning has started. And perfect timing because we have Josina Anderson. We are scheduled to talk about a bunch of stuff. But this is – I know they're bad, Josina, but this is a – Big deal, and I think it's an even bigger deal or an oddity here if Eli's healthy that he's being benched for Geno. Well, it's a big deal because it's Eli Manning and what he's accomplished for this organization, how long he's been starting, how durable he's been, you know, the lore, the legacy, everything that goes with Eli Manning. So it's startling because that's all you typically have seen at that position. 
However, <laughs> however, when you look at where the Giants are right now at two and nine, yeah, and when you look at how they are honestly playing from that position, we are a long ways away from Eli Manning in his Super Bowl days, and that's just being real. And it, you know what? It has taken a long time, I think, for. Um, some in the media, Giants fans, to even really be honest about the play that they're getting from the position. Um, when I've talked to sources, sometimes you hear things behind the scenes like things almost have to be perfect at this point for him to really be at the top of his game. One of the things that you were hearing at the beginning of the season, oh, the offensive line play. You know, the general manager didn't get enough pieces along the offensive line. You know, but then you look at teams like the Packers, Mm -hmm. you look at teams like the Seahawks, and what does Russell Wilson do? He runs around it. So what it does is it illuminates, you know, the rushing ability or lack thereof of Eli Manning at this point in his career to escape the pressure, which is something you really need to do in the NFL right now. And it is hurting the offense. And that's why you did have guys like Odell, Sterling, Victor Cruz getting frustrated last year because... Well, Victor gets, I think, frustrated every week. Why? Why do you say that? Because Victor's always complaining about not getting enough touches. I mean, come on. What? Where where did that come from? Victor, are you listening to this? Where did that come from? Wait a minute. You think this is... Well, I mean, I'm I'm distracting us from what is the main topic, but I I, I feel like Victor, like he misses a ton of time. He comes back and he's like, where are my touches? And you're like, well, dude, you've been missing like two years. Okay. Uh-oh, um, you, you do not get in, get in, get in. <laughs> I'm like, well, eh, eh, well, you know, that is a, a side topic. It is, it but is. I I'm mean, sorry. but here's the point that you have that caliber of talent at the wide receiver position, and the ball was not making it down the field for 20 plus, you know, yard type passes, and that just cannot happen when you have the best player, arguably in the NFL, and some of the best surrounding pieces at that position on your team. Not Victor Cruz. We're talking about Odell here. We're talking about Odell, Odell. yes. (laughs) We are talking about Odell, Will. (laughs) Here's Ben McAdoo. This is not the way it should be, but unfortunately this is where we are. Our number one priority every week is to go win a game, but we owe it to the organization to get an evaluation of everybody on the roster, and that includes the quarterback position. I think this is a massive deal. I think you can ask the question, has Eli Manning now started his last game for the New York Giants? He's under contract next year. He has $22 million on the books for the New York Giants next year. But what's clear is Mm -hmm. they're looking at a future beyond Eli Manning, which surprisingly to me includes Geno Smith. Geno, you could not guess is their quarterback of the future, but they're going to devote time and snaps to him starting. Taking a look at Davis Webb to see what you got, that would be one thing. Drafting a quarterback in the first round this offseason, that's another thing. But starting Geno to see what you've got in Geno, I have to say that's pretty surprising. Okay, well, first of all, we have to remember that Geno's evaluation was cut off by what happened with him, just even going back to his Jets uh, days with IK and Impali, right? And That's the guy I, that punched him that was catfished right. by somebody twice. Yes, the catfish yeah, stuff. Yeah, okay, yeah. so we really haven't had <laughs> a fair assessment of Geno Smith. Now, yes, he's been in the league for a little bit, and, and I get that. But when you really look at the sample size of how much he's played, particularly for the Jets organization, are you really thinking about his time with the Jets? Or Because clearly you can't be thinking that he's had that evaluation with New York, right? I think that it's pretty clear there's less mystery in what the top end, what the potential, what Geno Smith's 
future looks like. I'm not saying it's been fair every step of the way. I'm not saying Gino gets a fair shake every step of his career, but rarely does anyone get that stuff. I'm saying that there's more mystery about who's Davis Webb. What did we get when we drafted Davis Webb? Not for the Giants organization, though. Maybe for the Jets. Not for the Giants organization. So well, they're going to look at that Jets tape, though, right? But they, that, how long ago was that? This is this is Geno now with a Giants uh, uniform playing for them. And one of the things that has been hampering this Giants offense is not having the mobility from that position. I mean, when you are going up against alpha defenses in the NFL that come at you, the Minnesota Vikings, the Seahawks, or what have you, you got to be able to escape that pressure. Last year, Eli Manning, I think, had. 11 total rushing yards total. That's not that's not going to make That it, may be just in, in the end <laughs> maybe maybe Gino has a brighter future in the league than I'm than I'm seeing right mm-hmm. now. Um but I still just can't move past the fact. We all saw Eli's career as a giant coming to an end. I just didn't see it now. I guess this is what Well, can I point well, out the well, obvious yeah, thing? Yeah, here? Yeah. Is it maybe because they want to make sure they only have two wins? Okay? Yeah. Is this their <laughs> way of tanking? The rest of the season going, if we're already ready, like this is a sign they're ready to move off of Eli. With Eli having guaranteed money for just one more year, they can trade him. They can trade him to another team that goes, you know what, Jacksonville may say he's steadier for us than Bortles is, so there's your transaction there. And that they're making sure they end up at 2-14 and 14, and they're going to be in play for one of the quarterbacks if it's if it's two of the three coming out. No. Whoa. And I think if that was the case, they would have gone straight to Davis. And part of the reason why I say that is because I do think actually in putting Geno Smith in there, it is still a signal of hope. You know, you still have, listen, when you think about some of the characters in that locker room from, you know, Janoris, from uh, Landon Collins, uh, from Damon Harrison, mm-hmm. okay, some of these stout veterans or somewhat intermediate, you know, to longer time veterans, you still want to signal that uh, we're playing hard. Um, and we're still going to try our best. I think that that's important in this locker room and what's going on with some of the things that happened over the last two or three weeks. If they were signaling that automatically, they would have just gone to to Davis. So I, I I don't think that that's the case. And trust me, I would say if I if I thought that, and I don't I don't think that that's the so case. So you see this strictly as a team evaluation of Eli Manning's inability to play. Like I always complain about them all the time. They're on all these nationally televised games. Mm-hmm. They score no points. They had, what, three offensive points against the Redskins on a Thanksgiving <laughs> game. I'm mm-hmm. like, sweet, can't wait to watch you guys again. <laughs> you think this is straight up an evaluation of him and them trying to figure out something, improve the offense with the last month and a half to go? Well, first I want to say I think it's important to point out, especially in that release that's on the Giants page, that they did give Eli Manning the opportunity to start and he declined. So I think that that you know, is important to... Yeah, I wonder if there's more, like, injury, if there's if we find out more. I mean, this is one of these things where when it happens within minutes, just, you know... They're losing. Going, yeah. I was in the locker room Thanksgiving, okay, when they played the Redskins. And you heard it from the guys who cover the team. You heard it in the locker room. That was probably one of the most sad, just uh, crestfallen vibes that I felt. I mean, it was so heavy in there. And for the first time after that game, Eli Manning admitted, he said... It was almost like he was struggling to find the words to, you know, and Eli's so good at that. He's so, mm-hmm. his expressions don't change either way, the way that it is. And it's it's taking its toll. I mean, I was just talking to a Giants player last night who was just saying, you know, we're we're struggling to, you know, make, put put a bow on this. And, and I think that that has hit Eli as well. Like, guys are going to IR. Yep. Hopefully all for IR reasons. <laughs> okay. But I mean that but that's the truth. So it's not you have limited soldiers out there now in terms of your top guys. 
And uh, I think that that is it's it's taking it's taking its toll. Well, you were with the team, so you know better than we do, and this actually worked <laughs> out perfectly. So we had you scheduled to do other stuff, but, <laughs> but this is a big deal. So thank you very much, yes, Christina. I appreciate yes, it. Yes, we appreciate it. The Ryan Rosillo Show. This is really uh, a big deal. It's 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 big news. I think Eli Manning has been benched for the Giants' upcoming game at the Raiders, uh, and this was reported. You have it right there on the Giants' website. And that Geno Smith is going to start for Eli Manning. And they also said in that piece on the website that they hoped at one point get a look at Davis Webb, who they just drafted. Will Kane, The Rosillo Show, all of our phone guests join us on the Shell Penzoil Performance Line. Penzoil Synthetics, taking synthetic motor oil performance to a whole new level. Make the switch to Penzoil Synthetics today. I thought when I had asked Josina, who we had earlier, I go, is this just about them making sure they have a better draft slot? And she shut me down immediately. And I got to tell you, I'm actually a little surprised. Um, she likes Geno Smith a lot more than I think you or I do. Yes. To me, Ryan, the big takeaway here is, I mean, Eli Manning, is he's done. He's done with the New York Giants. Benching him now, and he's benched effectively for the rest of this season. They'll be That's taking, the way the story reads. I, go ahead, and I'll, I'll grab yeah, you a yeah, quote. Yeah. They'll, they'll, they'll be evaluating Geno Smith, and then it says, essentially, eventually they will be evaluating Davis Webb as well. McAdoo says, quote, Geno will start this week. Over the last five games, we will take a look at Geno, and we will also give Davis an opportunity. That's not, hey, we'll see how Eli feels in two weeks. No. Like you're, what you just said is going to get labeled, and I hate that everybody thinks every single opinion ever now in sports is just a hot take. That's the that's not a hot take. That's the right take. Exactly. Because okay, he's on the books for one more year. 2018 at 22 million dollars cap hit next year. If you don't think the New York Giants are going to be uh drafting a quarterback with the first couple picks next year, take that for a hot take. Yeah, you think that is? No, they're going to be looking at Sam Dar- uh Sam they're going to be looking at Sam Darnold, Josh Rosen and Josh Allen if they all come out. One of those three guys will be on the New York Giants roster next year. Now, will they keep Eli around for a year to mentor him? I mean... Maybe. That's not really what happens anymore with those top picks. No. The so home situation is a rarity now. And so what that tells me, by the way, Ryan, also, is on the market this offseason could be guys like Eli Manning and Alex Smith for teams like the Jaguars who need a competent quarterback to get them over the hump. I would also ask you, although this is a segment we can do tomorrow, I'm just kind of everything's flying at us at once right now, would you rather have Alex Smith or Eli Manning with them both on the market? Eli Manning's going to be one of the most confusing athletes of my time. I mean, the guy's making the Hall of Fame. He's going to be a Hall of Famer, and he won't be the first Hall of Famer to be benched, but the NFL celebrates Super Bowls, and maybe they were doing it the right way. I mean, you know what? Maybe it shouldn't be the accumulation of stats. Maybe it should be Super Bowls. But he's somebody that will have a Hall of Fame ending and didn't feel like he had a Hall of Fame career. Like I don't like just stats. I don't like necessarily just saying, okay, this guy won, so we have to put him in. And you know, I don't want to get too off the rails here, but Dwight Howard, people make arguments and go, oh, Dwight Howard's a Hall of Famer. And I go, what? No. They're like, oh, well, look at all the numbers. I'm like, man, Dwight Howard's going to be in the Hall of Fame? Okay, maybe. But, you know, I want, if you're going to be a Hall of Famer, I want it to feel like it was supposed to happen. So Eli, at the end of his career, and I have to go back and look at this tonight, probably will for tomorrow's show. I mean, how many Hall of Famers were benched? Like, is this him saying, hey, I'm good with this? I'm not playing well enough. I mean, they struggle to score points, and it's been ugly. It's been an overlap of some of the things from last year. Uh, I can't stand watching this team play. We've had that rant over and over and over again here. But when I watch Geno, and when it's bad, it's awful. Is that only because of the Jets? Is that only because of the lack of weapons around him? 
does Gino actually have an NFL career ahead of him? Uh, Gino essentially, to, to Jocena's point earlier, Gino essentially had two seasons to make an impression on the Jets. That's 2013 and 2014. He completed less than 60% of his passes both of those years, and he came away with a QBR of 44 and 49. He's been virtually you know, inactive since then in three seasons. I mean, he had a few attempts in 2015. But that's with the Jets. How much of that is with a terrible team? What does he look like behind the Giants offensive line? Though that's this is not a good team either. You know, this is not he's not being put into a situation right now where he's primed for optimal success. I just think that Ryan said, Fitzpatrick had that good year in 2015 and Geno thought that was going to be his team. Right. Does it say anything about Geno if Fitzpatrick beats you out and the team never goes back to you? Or is Fitzpatrick fluky good enough in that year two years ago that the Jets go, all right, we don't want to move off of him. Remember, you know, Fitzpatrick had a pretty good year, but they didn't really want to pay him. I'm just wondering how many people how many people think like there's this sneaky ten year quarterback in Geno Smith that's just been buried by ineptitude around him versus people going, I can't believe Eli's getting benched for Geno Smith. Well the truth of the matter is I don't think Geno Smith or Davis Webb are the quarterback of the future for the New York Giants. That one sitting in Wyoming or L.A. right now. And they're, and you know what? Also, I think you're onto something. They're doing something to ensure that they have a pick to take one of those guys. See, that's what I think this is. And Josina just flat out looked me right in the eye. I mean, for anybody who was listening, and if you missed it, she just goes, nope. This is about evaluating Geno Smith. So It's a know, win-win situation. Evaluate these guys and decrease your chances of winning. McAdoo apparently asked Eli about it, and Eli's quote today is, McAdoo told me I could continue to start while Geno and Davis are given an opportunity to play. My feeling is that if you're going to play the other guys, play them, starting just to keep the streak going and knowing you won't finish the game and have a chance is pointless to me, and it tarnishes the streak. Like I always have, I'll be ready to play, and if and when I'm needed, I will help Geno and Davis prepare to play as well as they possibly can. You know what? That sounds a little differently than like, like okay, so I'm not starting? Well, then I'm not. I don't want to do that. Listening to the Ryan Rossillo Show podcast. You can check out the show live weekdays at 1 Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on ESPN News. The Ryan Rossillo Show podcast.